0: Good morning. I'm Donna Quinn, and for the next half hour, you'll be listening to Talk of Our Towns. Today, we are going to find out more about the North Coast Land Conservancy and their proposed rainforest reserve. It's a very exciting project, and the work that they have been doing on the north coast of Oregon since 1985 is incredible. So today we're going to hear from Katie Volkey. She is in the studio. She is the executive director of the North Coast Land Conservancy. Hi, Katie. Hi, Donna. Very happy to have you here today. Oh, me too. Thanks so much. Um Can't wait to hear more about the Rainforest Reserve and all the different projects you have done and you are continuing to do and and opportunities for the public to be involved. So, um, But before we do that, let's learn a little bit about
1: Katie Volke, please. Okay. Well, so I've lived on the coast now for close to 17 years. Um, I started out in California, though. I grew up in Sacramento. And when I think about the path that brought me here, uh, being outdoors has always been a big part of it. So my sister and I playing in the fields, collecting bugs, making mud pies that kind of stuff going camping was just our traditional family vacation so being in the outdoors always a really critical part of my upbringing and so I went to college to study biology that just kept bringing me north and north as I uh, studied conservation connected with different groups and ended up out on the north coast eventually uh, volunteering with north coast land conservancy and then about 15 years ago became their second staff person.
0: That's amazing because Neil Maine started this in 1985, this yeah. organization. Mm-hmm. and then you came shortly thereafter and well not shortly after but yes, you were the second hire and then you've been with the organization all these years.
1: Yeah yeah working under Neil was just sort of critical for me to learn about the North coast and to really learn about land conservancies. His vision, the vision of a so, and some folks may not know
0: what is a land conservancy, and what if you were going to say, the North Coast Land Conservancy is, and its mission is, and we do this by,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. So the North Coast Land Conservancy is a land trust. Uh, our mission is to help conserve Oregon's special coastal places, and we do that by uh, purchasing owning and managing land in perpetuity for its public benefit. So that means we create habitat reserves, nature areas, and we do that so that we can care for them for people, plants, and wildlife for all the time.
0: I like it's people, plants, and wildlife because we all interact together. So you have to consider all three. Yeah, absolutely. And... um, And I I love that online, on your website, which is a great website, and if you want to go there and check it out, um, it's NCLC, which stands for North Coast Land Trust, nclctrust.org. So, In 1985, a group of people from the communities under the leadership of Neil Main said, you know, how are we going to approach conservation here on the North Coast? And one of the first things they did was to.
1: Yeah. So one of the first projects um, is still sort of a beacon for us, you know, in approaching how we do land conservation, because the people that started the land conservancy uh, didn't want to be fighting about the environment anymore. They just, they wanted to be looking forward and doing something now that would make a difference in the future, instead of fighting about, you know, rules, regulations, laws, that kind of thing. So our first project was this land swap that was up on uh, Saddle Mountain. And there was an area next to Saddle Mountain State Park. Um, a forest that was going to be harvested by the timber company, and that forest was right next to a stand of old growth. So when you remove forest next to old growth, it changes the ecology there forever. Uh, Old growth is used to being in a deep, dark forest. And so when you expose it to light, it really changes everything. You no longer have that protected buffer. And so the Land Conservancy, uh, in some view, might have looked like we were trying to stop that uh, harvest from happening. But Actually, what we did was just change where it happened. So harvest still happened, but there was an actual swap of the state park land where that buffer became state parks, and there was another part in state parks where there was a stand of uh, pretty young forest, and it was next to a stand of pretty young forest. And so they swapped those. The harvest still happened, but not to the detriment of the old growth forest.
0: Wow if you didn't know these things that <clears throat> excuse me that's the important thing is that you have scientists you have biologists and and folks who know this
1: That's what's really a super fun part of working for North Coast Land Conservancy. And I would hope also for all you that come out on our events, a fun part about learning about it is because we take, you know, national science and we take statewide science and conservation priorities. We bring that all into our work, but also we're the people that live here. We know this place, these lands, all the little nooks and crannies. And so we get to bring that part into the work also.
0: And where are you based? Because now you have a staff of, well, there are eight people altogether who work for yeah. the North Coast Land Conservancy. Yeah.
1: So we have an office in North Seaside. kind of right at the Seaside-Gearhart border. And then we serve the North Coast region. So we define that for ourselves as from the Columbia River down to Salettes Bay. So we operate in Clatsop, Tillamook, and Lincoln Counties.
0: Okay. And so... When we talk about, um, you know, issues on the North Coast there and conservation organizations, there are many. And mm-hmm. a lot of people get confused about, you know, who's doing what and how that works. How, how do you differentiate yourself? Of course, obviously, a land trust is different than a lot of these other organizations who actually don't um, own land.
1: Yeah. And that is what the distinct difference is. So land trust across the nation, what we all have in common is maybe what you would almost call sort of that transactional piece of where we own the land. So we change the ownership so that we own the land. The reason we own the land is not because we feel like we need to be land barons or anything like that, but it's so that we can have control over its stewardship. So we want to take care of that land and ensure that that land is cared for, for its natural values for all it's time. And in the current way that our world works, the best way you can do that is by owning it directly. So there's a lot of other wonderful organizations that we partner with all the time. Watershed councils work up and down the coast, really all over the state. They do restoration projects on private land. So they might do that on our neighbor's land. They also might do that on our land. So that's how we're able to partner with those groups. And a lot of our environmental organizations are doing other things like trying to accept policy and laws and regulations. Um, So we operate in the world of um, what you might sort of classically consider a nature preserve. We create these natural areas and we manage them for their natural benefits.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of folks may not realize that what you do on the next property over affects, I mean, it's all connected. It all. Yeah. Affects, I mean, there are wildlife corridors, there are, there are migration you know, um, paths. And so you can't just say, what you what happens to this property even though it's not even it might not even be touching the property that you're thinking about it it all is holistic. It
1: works together. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, connectivity is probably one of my favorite words. (laughs) And it's something that we use all the time in our conservation planning. And sort of at a basic level, you know, you can look at the land, you can see what's been done before, and then you can build on it. And so next to a state park, next to a national park, pulling a couple pieces together, critical heart of the watershed, those are the kinds of pieces that we're looking at so that our piece is part of this bigger whole of the system.
0: And so over these years, since 1985, the North Coast Land Conservancy has conserved thousands of acres of land in Classic, Ptolemaque, and Lincoln counties. And what are some of the projects that, you know, people can learn about when they go to your website. And then we want to talk about some of the events that you're all having as well, because you do have a lot of
1: events happening. Yeah. Yeah, well, we have. So in those years, we have created 67 different habitat reserves. So there's all these wonderful places you might drive by every day and not know, especially along the 101 corridor, you know, a lot of that open land as you're driving through the Clatsop Plains, maybe Astoria to Seaside. A lot of what looks like open, vacant land is actually North Coast Land Conservancy Habitat Reserves. And so you're are part of it all the time. You know, People here are part of this work all of the time. We have one place in uh, south of Seaside we call Circle Creek. Um, It's the area where a few years ago we removed the levee and that um, sort of stopped the flooding problem that was happening on the highway. And it's somewhere where we have developed trails. And so it's a great place for people to be able to come. We can welcome people. We don't have to be there. You can still have a great experience on the land. And there's nothing like visiting it to know what it really means to conserve land. And so so this summer we have a lot of ways people could come out to Circle Creek and sort of experience that one property and in doing that really understand what's happening with conservation on the north coast. And how many acres is Circle Creek? Circle Creek was done in actually two separate um, uh, acquisitions so 15 years ago the first one was done we're celebrating the 15th anniversary this year which is why there's so many events this summer and that was 364 acres a couple of years ago we then connected the low floodplain of circle creek up through the forested watersheds to connect with ecola State park and with that that was an additional about 350 acres so there's now you know 700 or so acres in that conservation area directly connected to ecola State park.
0: And I have hiked there and it is beautiful. It is so beautiful.
1: Yeah. And there's short hikes, long hikes, even just sitting and listening to the birds there is pretty wonderful.
0: Yes. Oh, thank heaven! We need these places to be conserved for sure. And then, what other projects? Because I'm kind of saving the rainforest reserve for a little bit. Because um, are there other projects you want folks to know about before we start talking about the rain, the proposed rainforest reserve?
1: Well, you know, in owning land, really, what we're doing is becoming land stewards of it forever. And so that's what the bulk of our work is: is taking care of the land. And uh, so we do a lot of uh, restoration projects and tree planting. And that type of stuff along the rivers and for the forests. And um, so all summer long, there will be volunteer opportunities to come out onto various conservation areas and be a part of that land stewardship. Uh, So I'd love to invite you all to those stewardship days. Um, It's a great way to see a lot of these different places that otherwise, you know, they don't have trails. They might not feel all that accessible. So it's a way to really experience them. Um, All summer long, we do something called Weed Warrior Wednesdays where a group of volunteers comes out on a Wednesday. If you get on the email list, um, you'll know where to meet each Wednesday. And you work for a couple of hours, you know, pulling various invasive species so that we can keep the natural ecosystem intact. So those are usually really fun. Our land steward, Eric, Uh, Owens leads those, and he almost always brings snacks and refreshments, so that makes it fun, too.
0: Do you have to sign up online to volunteer?
1: You can. It's great if you do, because it's a lot easier for us to make sure that you have the directions to the place and all of that. You can also call our office. So if you go to our website, it's pretty easy to figure out where to volunteer, how to get on the list, who to talk to.
0: Okay. So you can go to the website. I love Weed Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and I can see that as something that, you know, uh, grandparents and, and, and parents and kids could do as a family.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A great yeah.
0: teaching opportunity. out in, in, And then, Katie, you also participate in, in conversations in, in uh, Nature Matters and listening to the land presentations. So how do we find out more about those?
1: Yeah, in the winter, you know, our communities are so great at putting on those lecture series. And so Nature Matters up here at Fort George, uh, listening to the land and seaside with the library and the watershed council, and even more south. um, There's always those great ways to get out in the winter. So pretty much every year I do one of those talks. This last winter was really a, a new one for me. We were talking about the Rainforest Reserve, but rather than me giving a lecture on it, it was a group discussion about public action access on conserved lands. Mm -hmm. And so it was a great way to hear from our community, the variety of opinions about that. You know, everything from somebody thinking people shouldn't be out there at all, to people thinking you should be able to do whatever you want. Mostly, there was a lot of middle ground of hunting can be allowed in certain ways, hiking and biking allowed in certain ways. So we learned a lot from our community. And it was great to be able to invite that voice of people instead of just You know, the other way of like telling people how it's going to be. So that's, uh, that was a great uh, presentation that we were able to do this winter. I'll do some more of that in the next winter.
0: And I I love that you are listening to the land and listening to people because we are obviously. Here interacting on the land um, in sometimes healthy ways and sometimes unhealthy ways. And so, education is clearly an important piece, too. And now, with more tourism, more traffic, more, you know, and, and, and the whole tourism community saying, you know, we need to get people off of 101, off of the highways, let's send them out into the forest. Now, there may be additional pressures on some of our forests, which when people say they're coming to the coast, it's not just the, the beach, right. it, it we have coastal forests. And so it's ever more important that we have organizations like yours, um, which are educating folks and providing sanctuaries, you know, Absolutely. sacred places.
1: Yeah, 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 and any more, um, you know, historically conservation was uh, sort of about excluding. It was a little bit more about excluding people um, and, you know, just protecting, say, and stay off. And that's just not the way the world can work. I mean, there are more and more people all the time. Um, People wanna be out in these beautiful places and it's pretty critical to the future of those places that people are out in them because if we lose our connection with the natural world, we will not care for it. You know, I think about why I care about this is because I got to be a kid playing outside a lot. What if I wasn't allowed to be in those places? So it's really imperative that the land conservation movement figures out how to welcome people on the land in a way that is productive and is not detrimental. It's something that we are grappling with. Um, You worry about people getting injured. You worry about people, you know, stepping on the last, you know, rare plant that's out there. You worry about a lot of that and you can get a little bit paralyzed by it. So we're trying to be real proactive in connecting with the community so that as we start to do these bigger and bigger projects where we're going to welcome people onto the land, we are all going to care for it together the community will know and we will all care for it together
0: yes and i and i think i i think it was i scientific american i just saw an article which i haven't had a chance to actually read yet about the connection between health and nature for people that you know how yeah. i mean nature is the pharmacy nature is the uh, yeah, it's so it's so much more than than we think. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Talk of Our Towns. I'm your host, Donna Quinn. And today we're talking with Katie Volke. Katie is the executive director of the North Coast Land Conservancy. They're based in Seaside, but they work in Lincoln County, Tillamook County and Clatsop County. And we've been talking about some of the various projects that they have. Their website, if you're interested in visiting, is nclctrust.org. And now we're going to dive into this very exciting proposed rainforest reserve.
1: What is the rainforest reserve? The rainforest reserve is uh, something that, whether you realize it or not, uh, you probably see every day. Um, Driving up and down 101, if you're going Astoria to the south, there's a rugged, uh, range, mountain range, that is silhouetted always high and in the distance, and that is the Rainforest Reserve. If you're in Nehalem looking across Nehalem Bay, you're seeing iconic Onion Peak, its domed top, and its rugged ridge coming out from it. That is the proposed Rainforest Reserve. It is the most ambitious conservation project that North Coast Land Conservancy has ever worked on, and its effect will be a conservation area that spans from the high summit peak of Onion Peak, up at 3,000 feet, plunging all the way down those watersheds through the temperate rainforest to join with Oswald West State Park and the Cape Falcon Marine Reserve. It's one of the most unprecedented projects on the West Coast because it not only goes from the summit to the sea, but that conservation corridor now extends out into the ocean because of Oregon's marine reserves.
0: How did this come to be? How did the North Coast Land Conservancy identify these 3500 acres that they said this should be part of a of a rainforest reserve adjacent to Oswald West State Park and Cape Falcon Marine Reserve? How did this happen?
1: Well, I would say it's about 10 years in the making. You know, if you're in conservation, you uh, you notice the land around you uh, in a variety of ways. And everybody around here notices these highest rugged peaks. And so you can't help but always be looking towards them and wondering about them. Well, people have been wondering about that place for a long time for all the same reasons. It has this very unique uh uh geology of how that rugged range was created, it actually was the historic submarine canyon of the Columbia River. 15 million years ago, all of the Pacific Northwest was flooded with lava. The lava flowed in all of the low spots, including the Columbia River lava filled the Columbia River, came all the way out to the historic Oregon coast and kept going into the ocean. So there was this basalt dike that was in the ocean that then rose out of the ocean as present-day Oregon coast rose out of the ocean. Consequently, there's this hard rock ridge that is different than the rest of the coast range. Because of that, it could rise higher and higher. And in so doing, it became islands in the ocean before it became mountains. Mountains. And islands, like we know about the Galapagos Islands, Hawaiian Islands, islands always have very rare, unique plants and animals that evolve on them. So these mountain peaks were islands as they started evolution and speciation took place on them. And there still today are wildflowers that exist on Onion Peak and Angora Peak within the Rainforest Reserve that exist nowhere else on the planet. So that is a huge reason that we are involved in conservation of this particular place. And as I mentioned, we always take into account national science, state science and priorities, and then our local knowledge. When we layer all of that stuff together, this is the spot on the map on the North Coast that lights up the brightest.
0: Wow. So this would actually be kind of like Oregon's own kind of Galapagos Islands here on the coast. Yeah. But it's a mountain range. It's it's 3,500 acres with old growth and with plants and animal species you don't find anywhere else in, in the world.
1: Nowhere else in the world.
0: Wow. Okay. So where are you on this campaign? Because you are raising funds. You're in a Uh, You have a contract with a timber company right Mm now.
1: Yeah, so we are actively in a capital campaign. We have an agreement with the landowner under contract for them to reserve it for us for five years. Um, So essentially being held for us to achieve that acquisition. We're two and a half years into that campaign It is a huge campaign. It's a $10 million fundraising effort. And uh, that includes the purchase of the land, uh, the funding that we would want to put in the long term stewardship bank so that we can care for the land forever. And then it costs a whole lot to do projects like this. You know, we have to do surveys and appraisals and timber cruises and all kinds of work. So that's what that $10 million is for. We're about halfway through the timeframe and we're about halfway through the fundraising right now thanks to many generous contributions from people. And so
0: you're doing this through obviously getting grants, and there are listeners who could say, I want to contribute to the Rainforest Reserve. Um, It's crucial because it's also, I mean, how is the Rainforest Reserve also... How does it interact with the Arch Cape Water District?
1: Yeah, it's so, you know, there's so many pieces going on there that, again, make this this wonderful place. Connectivity, again, my favorite word comes up. So the proposed Rainforest Reserve is connected to Oswald West State Park and the Cape Falcon Marine Reserve. It's also connected to the drinking watersheds of Cannon Beach and Arch Cape. And so there's an additional parcel that's owned by the current landowner that is where the uh, water is taken out for the community of Arch Cape and it's their drinking water. So the community of Arch Cape, the water district there, has uh, decided that they too would like to try to protect their drinking watershed. The best way to make sure that you have water coming out of the tap on the coast is to ensure that you have a forest around it. The forest holds the soil together, it brings in the water, it holds the water, it cleans the water, and in the summer it makes the water. When the fog comes in during our summer drought, it condenses on the immense surface area that all those little needles have in the trees, and the forest makes its own rain. So 30% of our water comes from coastal fog condensing on coastal forest. So with the Rainforest Reserve and with the Arch Cape Community Forest, we're ensuring that cold, clear water will come out of your tap. And the Arch Cape Community Forest, Arch Cape Water District, are not... um, they're not land trusts. They don't have necessarily that land transaction expertise, um, or maybe yet a lot of experience around forest management. So that's how we can facilitate this acquisition: is bring our expertise uh, to their ability to acquire this land, and together we will be excellent neighbors.
0: And because you are a five hundred one c three organization, mm-hmm. um, people our uh, donations to the Rainforest Reserve, to North Coast Land Conservancy, are tax yeah, deductible. Tax- up charitable, charitable
1: contributions. And so,
0: right now, you are in the in this campaign, um, and you are raising money, and you are, and there are certain, and eventually there will be tour opportunities because a lot of people don't wouldn't know how to get there. I mean, I guess you can walk, you can get there somehow, but it's not easily accessible. And so, for folks who might be interested in and saying, I want to be part of the Rainforest Reserve, Um, I'd like to go and see it, they can Mm -hmm. call you directly, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and especially in another year or so, we'll be able to do a lot more public tours so that a lot of people can really see it. If you're one of those people that you know you care about conservation, that you know this spot that I'm talking about, and you know you want to support it, give me a call go on our website and we can talk about how your donation can be really meaningful to the project. Because we have the benefit of time in raising this money, something that folks have been able to do is pledge over multiple years. And so that makes, you know, a $1,000 contribution can turn into a $5,000 contribution when you can do it annually. So there's a lot of ways that you can um, make a big impact towards this project right now in terms of that kind of support. Also, knowing about it. I want everybody to know about that this is possible. I want them to tell their friends and neighbors that this is possible. Like, the Rainforest Reserve and the potential to do a project like this is what gives me hope for the future. That makes me feel confident that my children will be able to live, like, a happy and healthy life on the Oregon coast. Is because if we can protect our water and forests, our planet has a future.
0: Wow, you are an incredible spokesperson, Katie. I have to say, I'm I I am deeply affected by what you said and I hope our audience is as well, our listening audience because what a rare opportunity. I mean, Ecosystems found nowhere else in the world. The rainforest reserve is something that we do want to have on our lips. We want to. be when I'm talking, the next person I talk to, I'm say, "Have you heard about Oregon's rainforest reserve that the North Coast Land Conservancy is working <laughs> on to create right now?" Do you know that the rainforest reserve? Anyway, thank you. I love that. Thank you. Such <laughs> good information. Oh my gosh, Oregon's rainforest reserve. So we only have a few minutes left. So what else would you like to tell the listening audience either about the rainforest reserve project? And again, I invite you to go to their website nclctrust.org, and you can also reach out to Katie. But uh, what else would you like the listening audience to know about before we end the program?
1: Well, I'd love to just invite everybody to be a part of not only the Rainforest Reserve but conservation on the North Coast. Uh, In this day and age, faced with climate change, there can be a real doom and gloom feeling about what's going on. And if we get too bogged down with that, it'll all come true. You know, we have to feel hopeful. We have to know that if we make a change now, it will be possible for this planet to thrive and for humanity to thrive. And the best way to do that is to just like strap on your boots and go out to whatever your local organization is and volunteer and make a difference in the small way that every single one of us can. So, the way you can do that with North Coast Land Conservancy is again, come out to our Weed Warrior Wednesday stewardship days. Um, We plant trees. All year long, we remove weeds all year long. Um, We have events out at Circle Creek all summer where there's walks, there's classes, um, there's a nursery tour, Uh, we just had a symphony out on the land. Um, There's a lot of ways to come out and just reconnect with the natural world um, so that in all of our own small ways we make a difference for it. And I'd love everyone to be able to come out to our picnic if you're curious about North Coast. Land Conservancy but maybe a little intimidated to show up maybe as the new person at a volunteer day we have an annual picnic that's coming up on July 13th at Circle Creek it's south of Seaside everybody's welcome. We have a pie potluck. There's live music. We do trail walks. Um, It's a bring your own picnic. And that's a really fun way to just be able to show up, check it out, sort of no commitment, you know, and see what you think about it. So I hope you see everybody there.
0: Yes. And I have attended that and it is a wonderful event. And uh, you have just um, – there are great people involved and, and, again, a great project. And it would be an honor for, um, for all of us who live here on the North Coast to say we were part of making the Rainforest Reserve happen. Yeah, You know? And um, so what a great opportunity. Thank you so much, Katie, for all your amazing work. Oh,
1: thank you, And for it. what
0: – the North Coast Land Conservancy. And I have does. to
1: just thank all the volunteers that have ever come out to make a difference. Too, we have so many dedicated people that make this possible.
0: Yes, and it's for the highest good for all of us. Thank you so much. Thanks for having people, me today. plants, and animals. Absolutely. Okay. The rainforest reserve. Talk about it with your friends. Talk about it with people you don't even know. Say, do you know about it? Let's get some. Um, let's get some energy going for this. Um, yeah. Thanks so much, Katie. And my appreciation to uh, Dylan Hausershalk for his amazing um, engineering today. Thank you, Dylan. And um, my gratitude to local, talented banjo instructor Michael Bruin for his original theme music for this program. Until next week. Find a moment for yourself. In fact, let's take that moment right now. Take a deep breath. It's so good for body, mind, and spirit. And then with gratitude, focus on the things that are going well in your life. There will always be those things that aren't going well. But as Katie says, let's focus on the things where we can make a difference, those positive small steps in our lives, in our communities. And then give yourself a loving and compassionate hug or a pat on the back for being uniquely you and for doing the best you can. For being here now, And the only moment which exists, the now moment, right now, on the amazing planet we call Earth.